Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to The Postscript. Welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series, where we have conversations with pastors and professors from Living Faith Bible Institute and the Living Faith Fellowship of Churches, uh, where we, we try to have conversations that are edifying, that are challenging, that speak to uh, where we're at in terms of ministry, what God's doing in our life, and how we can honor and glorify His Word. And, and right now we're in the middle of a conversation with Pastor Kenny Morgan of Midtown Baptist Temple. He's the discipleship pastor at Midtown Baptist Temple. And we've been discussing what is biblical discipleship, both philosophically but also in practice. What's the impact that it can have on a church? What it can do in the life of a, a believer who is, is following and, and living in a discipleship lifestyle. But now we're going to be having a conversation today specifically about what happens in the life of an individual who steps out and says, I want to be discipled. I want to follow Jesus Christ with everything I have. What should they anticipate in terms of following Jesus and, and following Christ in this regard? And so I want to turn to Kenny and, and ask you first and foremost, what uh, if we can go back and just recap. We've talked about biblical discipleship mm-hmm. from several different angles. Yeah. If you were to summarize what biblical discipleship is one more time for us, sure. um, how, would you, how would you put that? How would you describe that? Yeah, it, it would be uh, seeing the believer in Jesus Christ transformed into his image. And by that, what, what, we're, what we're saying is this, this saved person now, as they are walking, they are, so if, if we go back to the, 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 the book of Acts at Antioch where they're first called Christians there, mm. right? You see that there is a clear association there between Christianity and discipleship. Mm. Right, the disciples were first called Christians. At yeah, Antioch, absolutely. Right, super important. Super important. Yeah. And and you look at that word Christian and and the the ending of it i a n it means belonging to the party of. Mm. And so because of how they were living, because of how they were thinking and speaking, people could easily associate them with the person of Christ. Mm. They look just like him. They yeah. act just like him. And right. so. That's what we're after in mm. discipleship is is seeing the believer being transformed into the image of Christ, which means they are starting to look more and more like him by the day. Yeah, yeah, that, that's good. And so ultimately, if we're living like Christ, then we're living according to his will. Yes. And, uh, and so what we're trying to do is see both the character of a person change to be much more like, I mean, who wouldn't want the character of, of Jesus? Yeah meek and lowly, but powerful and yeah. bold. Um, so we're, we're looking more like Jesus, but also we're living according to his will. And so what the word of God says becomes true of our life. Yes. And we begin acknowledging it, the way we speak, the way that we act, the, the mission of our life, the way that we raise our children, mm-hmm. everything that like that begins to change because it begins to look like what Christ wants for our lives right. versus what we want for our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that in mind, I mean, We've we've used this phrase cost of discipleship a lot, and I know um, at our church that's a that's a um, several hour class that you take before you before you join um, uh, you actually enter and, and join it to a discipleship relationship. Correct. But when we're talking about cost of discipleship philosophically, mm-hmm. there is a cost associated with dropping your net. You yeah. know, for the for the sons of Zebedee, it was their jobs, yeah. it was their um, livelihood, yeah. it was their heritage. 
and they put those things aside in order to follow Jesus Christ. Um, but from our contemporary setting, mm-hmm. uh, from this perspective, and looking at the Word of God, what are some of the things that are really important for someone to understand before they enter into a discipleship relationship? Yeah. You know, it's not cheap. Yeah. I think that's critical, and, and I think that's profound, and it needs to be sobering. It's very expensive. Mm. It's very costly because it's precious, it's invaluable. But here's the beauty about it. Every believer can afford it, Mm. right? Because they have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. They have the word of God and they have the local church. So Mm -hmm. they have everything that they need to not only count the cost, but embrace the cost. Yeah. So every believer can do this. So you, 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 you talked about the sons of Zebedee, right? I mean, what they did, every believer in Jesus Christ can also do. Yeah. Because what what we impart to believers at this stage in the discipleship process is, is the very thing that you pointed out in terms of them dropping their nets. And it's this. No believer is going to ever follow Jesus Christ as a disciple indeed without having to walk away from someone or something, and in many cases, both. Mm. So... And so I, I always I, I say it this way, and not that the way I say it means anything, but but it just helps me from to to clarify it to someone to say, look, you know, so if I'm discipling someone, I tell them in that first meeting, I promise you, we're going to have at least one. We're probably going to have a few, but there's going to be at least one lordship moment. Mm. This is the moment where you come face to face with what the Word of God says. But you have some circumstance, some situation, something going on where your flesh, the world, and the devil are telling you why you should be the exception to Hmm. what the Bible says here. Hmm. That's a lordship moment. And that's the moment where we really get to see, okay, I know he's Savior, but is he Lord? Hmm. And this moment, and and so as much as, yeah, I mean, I'm going to see it, but it's more important to the Lord for you to see it. Yeah which is what this moment is about. And so we, in other words, what we do in the cost of discipleship is we lay all the discipleship cards on the table. This is what it is, and this is what's going to co- It's going to cost you everything. Yeah. But it is so worth it. And one of the questions that I always like to, to plant in, in the mind of a believer who is, is, is questioning whether or not they should or if, if they shouldn't, I always say, well, what else are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, what else is there for a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ to do except come after him as a disciple? Mm-hmm. You tell me. Yeah, it's it becomes reasonable. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So with that in mind, I'm thinking about this idea. Is anyone is anyone ever actually ready to be a disciple of Jesus? Like when I think about readiness, mm-hmm. you know, like circumstantially, emotionally, intellectually, mm-hmm. what is, what is it required for someone to just simply say yes? Is there, cause I've heard this before. I've heard young people say, well, I'm not quite ready yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you, what would you say to that? I would say this, it, it's not an issue or a matter of readiness. The issue is willingness. Mm. Am I willing? Mm-hmm. Again, I if if I've got the indwelling of the Holy Ghost and I have the word of God, 
what can I not do in the power of God? Mm. What what can I? I mean, is is the grace of God sufficient or not? If the grace of God is sufficient for salvation, what well, must be sufficient for discipleship? Yeah, for sanctification. For sanctification. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like God is looking to me to somehow pull this off in the power of my flesh. No, what? It, and and so here's here's the thing that I would I was encouraged. Listen. You know, Galatians chapter 5, 16 tells us something. Man, if we walk in the flesh, we're not going, if we walk in the spirit, we're not going to fulfill the right. lust of the flesh. And so, yeah, my flesh wants nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about denying myself, dying to self? No thanks. Well, yeah, in, in the flesh, I can't. But I tell you what, when I'm, when I'm, as I'm growing as a disciple and I'm learning how to walk in the power of God's spirit, I can pay that cost. Mm-hmm. I can do it. I because I mean Paul tells me I can do not some things. I can do all things. Well, that includes discipleship. Yeah. I can follow him as a disciple. I can do that through Christ. Man. So what with that in mind, so someone commits, they say, Yeah, I, I'm I'm ready. They don't even probably fully grasp, sure. even after cost of discipleship, sure. what it means. Like, man, I didn't realize that I was holding on to my finances in a mm. way that restricted God from from God's blessing my life or or I didn't know I had a broken relationship yeah. in this regard or that I was being you know I treated my parents poorly or I treated my children poorly or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. there's gonna be all kinds of things that are unveiled in the process of discipleship but but say the initial moment they say yes I answer that faith proposition with a yes I'm going to follow Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm willing to enter into this mentorship relationship um, very practically what should a person expect from that relationship as they enter in what are the What's the format? Yeah. What's the um, what's it look like when they're meeting? Um, those types of details I think are important um, for someone to know when they're going into it. Absolutely. Well, I, I would say just from a uh, a reassuring perspective that if they're willing, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. It is. Yeah. Uh, you're you're looking at a guy who you know uh, in high school I had a one point seven GPA. Okay. Oh I, man, you know. You just said that, and now every you're okay with. I'm okay with that. Okay, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I, I, listen. I, I I had to repeat my entire twelfth grade year because academically I was yeah. I was that poor of a student, right? So I wasn't a scholar. I wasn't a sharp, bright guy, but I was just willing. Yeah. So here here's this man who just wants to love me and invest in me yeah. and teach me and. I show up and I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you're willing, it's going to be great. But, but so when, so when you show up, you know, what's going to happen is, is you're, you're going to have this discipler, this teacher, they're going to have a plan for you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a biblical plan. They're going to have some direction in terms of they have e- essential biblical lessons, foundational lessons that, are absolutely critical to your spiritual foundation yeah. and then for you to be able to start building from there. And so they're going to be ready to teach you and help you get established in those things so that you can know what happened to you when you got saved and what that means and the security of that and and how to now walk in the spirit that you now live in and mm-hmm. and how to read your bible and how to love your bible and 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 how to see that as your final authority the will of god your money i mean all of that so so they're going to have a plan for you to to help you 
They're going to walk you through the scriptures to, to help you get cemented in those things. Mm. But then from there, this is a person who's going to be praying for you regularly. Right. You're going to be on their heart. You're going to be on their mind all the time. As much as I think about my children, I think about the person I'm discipling. Mm. Right. In terms of my care and interest for them. Uh, this person is is going to walk with you. Mm. Right. I, I, I said this today in our in our discipleship Two class. I said, you know, where can you go in 2020 where you can find someone who is willing to impart to you nine to 12 months of their life? Mm. To give that to you, what a privilege this is! Without looking for anything, in return, for anything which in is return. which is the the craziest part about it is that there's no none, there's no uh, tangible no, you know no material reward at all. All the they want to know is, are you willing? Yeah. Do you want this? Yeah. Because I tell you what, you give me a hungry disciple, I will move heaven and earth for them. Or I'll mm-hmm. try, mm-hmm. die trying. Yeah, okay? sure. I will do. I mean, you're you're hungry. You want this? You willing? You Let's do it, man. Yeah. Let's go, yeah. right? So, so here, here is this discipler, this teacher that they're they're praying for you, they're they're teaching you, they're loving you, um, but it, it, they're integrating you into their life and into their family. Mm-hmm. So I, I keep coming back to pops. Okay, so that was twenty five and a half years ago. I, I still see him to this day. Mm. We still talk to this day. He's he's Grandpa Dave to my kids. He comes to my kids' school plays and blast and track games and, and meets and things like that. I mean, it's that's grandpa. Yeah. Right. And so and so and so for nine to twelve months, you you can expect to to for this person to walk with you. Yeah. And you walk with them. You're doing life together, mm-hmm. not just lessons. Mm-hmm. That's discipleship. Yeah, that's that's great. And and that nine to 12 months is, I guess that's contingent on what is being learned and what's mm-hmm. necessary. And so at what level does the discipler have um, discretion in terms of, of how they move forward? And sometimes it takes longer. Sure. What would be some reasons why that might, that might be true? Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you may have people who come from, you know, certain doctrinal backgrounds that were either heretical or, erroneous and mm-hmm. so there are some lessons like you know if someone's from a charismatic background uh lesson on the holy spirit is a big one yeah and, and it, it takes time to, to work through it yeah it takes time to work through that and they may have questions and so it might so typically maybe it takes you two weeks to cover that one well it might take you four mm-hmm. that's okay you know one of the things that we're careful to remind everyone of is god's not in a hurry mm-hmm you know, it's 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 okay yeah. if it takes a little bit longer. So there there are some relationships that might take, you know, I don't know, a year and a half. Yeah, and that's okay. And I've even seen like in in some cases, a lot of it is just life experience yep. too. And so the someone who's maybe set back in terms of their physical maturation, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they've they've come from some sort of addiction yes. or they struggled for years. Um, man, I have seen um, men and women disciplers mentor people into into how to open a checking account Mm -hmm. and how to get their license and teach them how to drive and teach them how to parent and teach and and take the time necessary to see that person actually trans actually transformed into a functional believer who can own at every level the responsibility set forth in in the lessons you know and uh, i think that's just so powerful when i hear testimonies like that um it just really shows me 
um, the care that Jesus, it reminds me of the care that Jesus Christ had as he lived and walked with his disciples. Yeah. Well, you're, so when you say that you, you were describing me mm. when I showed up in pop's life 25 and a half years ago, I was so deficient in the area of manhood that it's, it's laughable. Mm. There were so many things I didn't understand. So many things I didn't know about life and, I mean, obviously things that are second nature to me now, but they weren't then. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he absolutely taught me the book and the lessons, and he didn't shortcut any of that. But his he just his teaching ministry was vast, mm-hmm. and he met me where I was, and so it was everything to this is how you how you look at women, um, how mm. you speak to them, how you treat. I mean, it's things like that. Yeah, you know, um, just being responsible in the area of paying my bills and and balancing my job. I mean, I I was twenty two years old. Sure. I came sure. from the world. I didn't have a father. I, I didn't. I mean, okay. And so, yeah, that that's what it is. It makes me think too. You know, for pops, he didn't just get to disciple you. He gained a son. Oh, absolutely. And uh, he would have never been able to fully anticipate that no. when he set out set out to do it. He didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Yeah. He didn't know one day that you would be married and have kids or or be a pastor yourself. Mm-hmm. Or um, his intention was never, you know, he just didn't have a vision for those things. His intention was just, I'm going to love mm-hmm. the person that's in front of me. Yeah. When so, when a discipler, speaking about the discipler yeah. specifically, when the discipler sets out to do that. Um, I guess what are the intangibles that that come back to them in terms of of blessing? Oh wow, you know it's you said it earlier. I think, and you know, anytime you you teach or you disciple, I feel like I always get more than I gave. Mm. You know, and and what what I think the discipler gets in return is, you know, Paul said it this way to the church at Thessalonica: "You are my crown of rejoicing." Mm-hmm. Like to to see you continue in the faith, to see you stand fast, to see you mature, to see you grow. Yeah, you don't know what that kind of joy even means. It's just a concept until you you actually make that investment. You know, I I think about Paul. You know, when he when he you get to Titus and Titus one verse five, and he says, "Okay, I'm I'm going to leave you in Crete that you you know go to every city and or ordain elders in every city." Mm-hmm. Like. What must have gone through his mind to know that Titus had ascended spiritually to that place where he could entrust that level of ministry to him, mm. where now he is a leader of leaders? Yeah. I mean, what what more could you ask for? Sure. You know, wow, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, and so for us, for me, the, the, the reward is just seeing them continue in the word, seeing them grow spiritually seeing them disciple others, seeing them live the Great Commission fully. I mean, it's it's awesome. And the discipleship, man, you just you just get more than you can give. Like Yeah, you, absolutely. You, it's it's incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. Now you mentioned uh briefly kind of what the what the content of the le- you kind of walk through what the mm-hmm. things that someone might learn along sure. the way in a discipleship relationship. But if we can get into the nitty gritty of the doctrinal part mm-hmm. The doctrinal part is super important. Yes, it is. Right, and and we don't want to neglect that no. to emphasize the relationship part, mm-hmm. which which you know we've talked a lot about how important the relationship is, 
but there is something to be learned because there is something that's been handed down to us, yeah. right? The things that Christ commanded his disciples, mm-hmm. um, the things that the apostles held to as their creed, yeah. right? Their doctrinal mm-hmm. creed that set has been handed down to us yes. for 2000 years. Mm-hmm. And there are things that are absolutely crucial for a believer to know. Yeah. Uh, if they're not going to neglect the faith the way other generations have, sure. right? I think there's a lot of pew sitters out there. There's a lot of people who are cultural Christians mm-hmm. who don't know the foggiest uh, um, about their Bible, mm-hmm. and they don't have any idea about how to explain their salvation. They can't yeah. explain the role of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Can you tell us what some of the things are that people are going to learn in discipleship um, through the formal part of it, and then why are those things necessary for having a basic functional Christian life? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you 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 said a word that I, that I think is is critical, and I think it's a word that unfortunately is minimized, if not forgotten today, in his doctrine. Mm. Doctrine matters. Yeah. What the Bible teaches matters. What the Bible teaches about these 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 eighteen subjects or lessons, it matters, and so. You know, for us, it's important for us, as basic as it may sound, it is important for us for a disciple to know that there are two families, mm-hmm. right? And you're born in one and you're born again into the other one. Right. Well, why is that important? Well, it's important for them to know that for themselves, but it's important for them to know that from an evangelism standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have to be able to have that discussion. Yeah. You know, it's important for them to know the doctrine of eternal security. That God didn't save me temporarily. God gave me eternal life. Sure. And so I can never lose that. It was never mine to lose because I never earned it. Mm-hmm. And so because now if if they're not eternally secure, well, Satan's gonna have a field day with that. Yeah. Okay, the ordinances, you know, the importance of baptism. Well, why should I be baptized? And what does that mean? And and the Lord's Supper, why is that a big deal? And what is that? What isn't it? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is that I mean, because again, depending on their background or or maybe family matters, sure, is that literally the the, the body and blood of Christ? Yeah. I mean, what what do we do with that? I mean, to that point, I just finished that lesson with the guy that I'm discipling. Yeah. And he goes to a Catholic college, and he didn't know how to talk about it. Sure. So I made him go to a Catholic mass and then come back and report to me so that we could actually talk about what the Lord's Supper is. There was an assignment associated with it, and he went and he he came back. He told me what his experience was was like how it differed from what we believed or what mm-hmm. he had just learned. Yeah. And and he grew from it, and now he can converse openly Perfect. about the meaning of the Lord's Supper. Sure. Yeah. I, I think it, what it comes down to is, you know, it, what really matters to us from a discipleship standpoint with these lessons, we aren't looking for them to just um, regurgitate just right. data. Right. Or what well, my church says or my pastor yeah, says, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. The Bible says, yeah. and I can show you book, chapter, and verses. Right. I can show you what the Bible doctrine, what the Bible teaches about this subject, Genesis to Revelation. Right. Right. Which is the which is ultimately the difference between the dogmatism that comes from growing up in church. Right. Right. Uh, you know, every kid that came up through Sunday school can yeah. can tell you you know, how they got saved or, or they can, they can give you a story or they can tell you that I believe this thing, but it's always generalized. And it's usually, you know, fraught with emotional reasons and and platitudes, but to actually know, to actually know with confidence, um, you know, there's a, there's a young lady in, in our ministry when she first started coming around, 
uh, struggled with the issue of baptism. Mm -hmm. And we sat down at a coffee shop and talked about the doctrine of baptism, what it actually meant. And this is, these are things that people could, can get, um, in their discipleship relationship so that when they walk through the other side, they can confidently talk about the things that they believe and they, they have ownership of God's word. It belongs to them. It doesn't belong to the church. It doesn't belong to their pastor. It belongs to them. This is what I believe. And this is why that's right. Yeah. And that's, and and when you're making disciples, that becomes the culture in the church. And it's not an arrogant puffed up thing. I mean, because again, what's happening is, well, they're, they're growing through the seven stages or the stages of spiritual growth mm-hmm. where they're growing out of that spiritual infancy. They're getting enlightened. They're, they're learning God's word for themselves. Yeah. And I mean, it's, and so now it's, again, it's, it's, I can, I can tell you what I believe, but I can also tell you why I believe it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's one of the things that we're trusting God to accomplish during this D one process and, and I've said this before, and again, this this is not to beat our drum, but I think I think this is reflective of all the LFF churches, right? In that I think what 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 the people in in LFF get through D one, okay, by the time they're done, they know as much about God's word as many pastors do. Yeah. In terms of their ability to be able to open God's word and teach what it teaches, it is amazing. Mm-hmm. I have I have met pastors that could benefit <laughs> from our eighteen lessons. Again, I don't say that to be arrogant or to to put anyone down, but it, it is what we focus on there and what the disciple gets uh, is really foundational yeah. and very impactful doctrinally. And it speaks to the to the value of that kind of learning environment. Yeah. Well, in closing, I want to thank you for all the conversations mm-hmm. we've had uh, yeah. the last few episodes. In closing, would you would you say maybe um, something to the to the effect of how the generational aspect of discipleship, um, the handing down of what was taught why that is so significant and maybe make one more um um you know argument for why churches need discipleship that's a that's a great question and and i i struggle to be concise with it sure but i i i think if if i had to, to to narrow my answer it would be this Generational discipleship is everything because if you want to know how we go from the book of Joshua to Judges, that's why. Mm. Because discipleship wasn't handed down. Mm-hmm. And you, you see that early on in the book of Judges. You can't miss it. Mm-hmm. And so if you, if you don't hand it down, there will be spiritual disaster. Yeah, No doubt about it. The moment that you cease to make disciples, the death process starts. Yeah. And it might be gradual, but eventually it will be final. Mm-hmm. And so if if we don't make disciples, if 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 it stops, it's we're asking for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and 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 I and again, I I don't I wasn't 
I'm not at the table. I have not been at the table when churches, I don't know, maybe find a, a better plan or a better idea as to why we shouldn't do that anymore. I, I don't see anywhere where discipleship expires. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where it's, it's Genesis revelation. You, you see God's heart manifest about it. Yeah. And it's not just a thing with the 12. It's not just a new Testament concept. It's a biblical concept. It's a biblical doctrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's everything. I think there was another part of your question. I'm sorry. Beyond that was, was no, it? I think okay. you covered it. Okay. I, I'm so thankful for that, that warning. Um, it's a great way of closing. It's because what we've done is we've spoken to the benefit of having discipleship, yeah. but also there, there's a, there's an aspect for which there needs to be a warning. If you're not living, you're dying. Yes. Yeah. If you're not thriving, then you're just surviving and eventually things will, ex- will expire for you and for your church and for those that, that say that they believe the things that you believe eventually that those dogmatisms will, will fail. Yeah. So here, here's, here's the, here's the beauty and the power of discipleship is that it outlives the pastor. Mm-hmm. It ensures spiritual success and, and sustainability for years to come. Mm-hmm. Right. When you make disciples, this is what we always say is when a church makes disciples, it always has everything that it needs. Yeah. It's not lacking anything spiritually, right? So when you make disciples and, and that pastor is 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 now absent from the body and present with the Lord or, or he's moved on, whatever that, that situation is, when you've made disciples, it just keeps going. Yeah, and you don't have to hire out. No, you don't. You don't have to look for the next up-and-coming guy um, no. who you've never watched in ministry. right who you've interviewed, you let him preach in your pulpit one time. People think he's good looking and right. you know, he wrote a book. So right. that's awesome. Yeah. And then they hire the guy, but they've never actually seen him in ministry. They don't no. know his character, but when you've discipled up generation after generation, then your replacements in every aspect of ministry, including the pastorate happen as naturally as Christ intended it. Amen. To, you know, amen. So I, I do want to, I want to, if I can say this in closing, okay. as, as we're wrapping sure. up, I, I want to thank you and this great team for the work that you guys have done and are doing with the postscript. I know it's a blessing to many people who have come to actually rely on it as as a, as a spiritual uh, supplementation source, right? Where they they glean from it, they learn from it, and so just being a part of this, the work that you guys do is is a lot to to pull this off. So I want to say thank you. And to all the people that you've had on the postscript, mm. I know it's been a blessing to me personally, um, as it is to a lot of people. So, so thank you for all that you guys are doing. Well, it's been it's been fun, and uh, I'm really thankful for my team too. And it's been good to really the I got the funnest part is yeah. actually talking with the pastors and the missionaries. Sure, and it's it's a uh, it's really nice. It's a lot of fun, and we do hope it is a blessing to people and that it strengthens them. And, yeah. And I want to thank you, Kenny, for being here. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're not just my my friend, but you're my my pastor. And likewise. And I I love having these kind of conversations with you. So I, f- I feel like I feel like we invited people to, to our Thursday Thursday. Yeah, to, to a lot of the conversations that you and I have in private. Right. We we just let people spy in a little bit. Today, yeah. So. Well, I'm thankful for you coming and, and hanging out with Me us. Too. And Glad we want to here. thank you as well for being with us this week on this episode of the Postscript. 
and we want you to join us every single week. So please go to uh, whatever your platform you use for, for podcasts and subscribe there. Go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Whatever way you get this content, we want to make sure that you get it. And if you can, um, you know, give us a rating and, and write a review. Uh, we want to hear what you think about the show and, and, and whether or not God's used it in your life. We also want to highly recommend uh, our sister podcast, Theology Roundtable. If you haven't checked out the Theology Roundtable yet, you should. You can find out more about them at theologyroundtable.com or you can visit lffellowship.com and you can find a link there. We ask in, that you would do that. They're having some great conversations about the things that we believe, uh, about the theology that we hold to on that show. And so we ask that you check that out. Again, we want to see you next week, and we ask that God will bless your life and, and bless your time in His Word. Bye.